the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. President Biden and Chinese President Xi meet face to face. This is not a good way to start things out with the Chinese. A bipartisan group of senators announces agreed upon terms to enshrine same-sex marriage. They believe they've come up with yeah. clarifying language to the bill that will placate those concerns and that will ultimately get those 60 votes to codify. Amazon plans to lay off 10,000 employees. As the economy continues to cool, it's going to hit the labor market and we'll start to see layoffs increase across the board. This is the Daybreak Insider Podcast. Your first look at today's top stories for Tuesday, November 15th. I'm Mike Scott. On Monday, President Biden and Chinese President Xi held their first in-person meeting since Joe Biden took office nearly two years ago. The two met during a time when most foreign relation experts have begun to sound the alarm about an impending new Cold War due to increasing tensions between the superpowers. Each one is competing for global influence. While the White House has repeatedly tried to play down any conflict with China, it has been apparent that U.S.-China relations have worsened under Biden's leadership. Chinese President Xi Jinping, speaking through an interpreter, said that the current strains in China-U.S. relations are not in the best interest of either country. As leaders of the two major countries, we need to chart the right course for the China-U.S. relationship. Xi says he looks forward to working with President Biden to bring about U.S.-China relations and put them back on track. In our meeting today, I'm ready to have a candid, as we always did, have a candid and in-depth exchange of views with you on issues of strategic importance in China-U.S. relations and on major global and regional issues. President Biden says that there is no Cold War with China. I absolutely believe there need not be a new Cold War. We, uh, I've met many times with Xi Jinping, and we were candid and clear with one another across the board. And I do not think there's any imminent attempt on the part of China to invade Taiwan. And I uh, made it clear that our policy in Taiwan has not changed at all. Biden also says that moving forward, he believes that he has opened a line of communication with the Chinese leader. I'm convinced that... Uh, that he understood exactly what I was saying. I understood what he was saying. And uh, look, I think the United States is better prepared than any country in the world, economically and politically, to deal with the changing circumstances around the world. And uh, I think that, uh, um, I think Xi Jinping is, uh, we agreed that we would set up a set of circumstances where on issues that were that we had to f- further resolve details, 
we agreed that we would have our chief of staff, our the appropriate cabinet members and others sit and meet with one another to discuss the details of any every issue that we that was raised. Gordon Chang, author of the book The Coming Collapse of China, joined the Salem Radio Network and says that while he understands there were a lot of things to discuss, President Biden could have brought up the origins of COVID-19. I don't think that he addressed um, the issue of the origins of COVID-19, which, as of this morning, Joe, have killed 1,074,000 Americans, according to the Johns Hopkins Coronavirus Resource Center. Um, Biden just wrapped up his press conference a few moments ago. He did not mention COVID-19, and I think that he absolutely should have. Um, And so there's a lot of issues that they had to cover. um, But nonetheless, that should have been at the top of the list. Chang says that, in his opinion, while the talks weren't bad, the optics showed that Biden fails to understand the minds of the Chinese. You know, you go back to a meeting between uh, President Trump and Kim Jong-un in Singapore in 2018. Yeah. You notice the optics. They both started down a long hallway from opposite sides, and they met in the middle where they then shook hands. That's right. That's the way that it should have been done this morning. And, you know, it's just the failure of to understand the Chinese mind on the part of uh, administration officials. But also it's just it's a basic tenet of uh, diplomacy that you don't allow your leader to be put in an inferior position in front of the cameras from the get go. You know, this is not to say that China is going to prevail in these talks. I don't think that they did. Um, But nonetheless, this is not a good uh, way to start things out with the Chinese. Chang says he disagrees with Biden when he says that the U.S. isn't in a Cold War with China. Biden's first question during the press conference came from a Wall Street Journal reporter who asked, are we in a new Cold War? And Biden said no. But the point is, this is a Cold War. I actually think it's worse than this. China has this doctrine of unrestricted warfare. They've just killed 1,074,000 Americans. You know, we can argue about the number, but yep, that's yep, a lot yep. of Americans, however you cut it. And, we you know, we talk about uh, Americans dying from fentanyl, that oh. illegal fentanyl, oh. 77,000, 78,000 deaths last year from yeah. illegal fentanyl. So these are issues which should be at the top. We should be imposing costs on China because obviously conversation is not going to cut it. The coming collapse of China author chastises the president for seeming to let China off the hook over COVID. At the press conference, Biden said that there will be working groups set up between American officials and their counterparts and that the secretary of state would be going to Beijing. But the point is, what's there to talk about, Joe? You know, you can't see your mother. You know, this is this is yeah. Yeah. This, this is just so fundamental. We know what happened. Um, We now got to do something or the Chinese are going to say we can kill Americans and get away with it. Because, by the way, they killed Americans and they are getting away with it. When asked about China's intentions to invade Taiwan, Chang had this to say. I know the Chinese have the capability to do it. They're developing it. Biggest military buildup since the Second World War. They're Mm -hmm. mobilizing Chinese civilians to go to war. So they intend to do it. The only question is whether they believe Biden will stop them or not. I don't have the answer to that, but we've got to prepare because the Chinese are preparing. Turning to the midterm elections, starting in Arizona, 
Many news outlets there project that Democrat candidate Katie Hobbs will win the race for governor over her Republican challenger, Carrie Lake. While many vote tallies still have not been finalized, some experts are predicting that Republicans only need three more House seats to win the majority in Washington. Leland Vittert of News Nation breaks down some of the House races still up in the air. You need 218 to have control of the House, 218 to 217. Uh, right now. Democrats have 204 seats. Uh, as we look at it, that means that they'd have to get 14. Uh, as you pointed out, Republicans are a lot closer. All right, let's start uh, with Colorado's third congressional district. Nobody thought we'd be talking about this. this is Lauren Boebert's district. Uh, we don't have results that we can put up, but this is uh, the, the far western parts of Colorado, very traditionally uh, red. Uh, the fact that this is even an issue or a race is something that we're really finding very interesting. Uh, and it goes to this continued uh, trend that uh, very heavily MAGA candidates are having a tough, tough time, just like Joe Kent did uh, up in Washington. Bittert also points out some very close races in California. Arizona's 6th Congressional District. Uh, if we get this, this is another one that's pretty interesting just because of where it is. Uh, it's a border community, rural Arizona out here, and then Tucson here. Uh, right now, that's also uh, too close uh, to call. And then Ca- uh, California's 47th congressional district, uh, we've been talking about that uh, a number of times. That's Katie Porter. She's sort of the heir apparent to Dianne Feinstein's uh, Senate seat. If she were to go down, uh, that would be very significant. All of these... Uh, are are incredibly close. Colorado, we have a lot of the vote in, but it's just within uh, such a small margin of error will likely go to a recount. Uh, Arizona and California, we're in the same place uh, we are with the governor's race in Arizona right now, uh, that we just don't have enough of the vote uh, in. Ed Morrissey, editor at Hot Air and host of the Ed Morrissey Show, says that while the midterm results may not have yielded what many conservatives wanted, it will be enough to hinder the Biden agenda. The surprising outcome of the midterms has certainly disappointed Republicans and conservatives who saw the environment as ripe for a red wave. A number of hard lessons will have to be learned about the failures to capitalize on historic levels of inflation, crime, and parental activism against radical indoctrination of their children and translate them into electoral victories from coast to coast. However, we should not lose sight of the fact that Republicans likely won control of the House of Representatives. That alone will arrest Joe Biden's progressive agenda. It will also restore accountability for an administration that has assumed imperial power, especially in its self-appropriation for a bailout of academia. The Rolling Stones said it best, you can't always get what you want, but sometimes you get what you need. America needed a check on Biden, and Republicans did well enough to win one. If the GOP learns the hard lessons of this midterm, they can apply them for an even more critical presidential election in two years. Meantime, with a razor-thin majority in the House still looking in the Republicans' favor and the Senate majority for Democrats all but confirmed, some Republican lawmakers have started to voice dissatisfaction with leadership in Congress. Republican Senators Ted Cruz, Marco Rubio, and Josh Hawley have called for Senate leadership elections to be postponed, and there are reports that some House Republicans are withholding support for Representative Kevin McCarthy in his bid for the speakership. Representative Andy Biggs of Arizona joined Newsmax and seemed to imply that he was gearing up to challenge McCarthy for speakership. We have a new paradigm here, and I think the country wants a, a different direction from the House of Representatives, and it's a new world, and, and yes, I'm going to uh, be nominated tomorrow to, uh, 
uh, to the position of Speaker of the House. We'll see if we can get the job done uh, and the votes. It's going to be it's going to be tough. I mean, Kevin, Kevin has uh, raised a lot of money and, and done a lot of things. But this is not just about Kevin. I think it's about uh, institutional direction and trajectory. And that's where we're where we're going to see if we have enough people who agree that we need to change the trajectory of this place and open it up so where people can actually represent their constituency in a more open and transparent manner. Newly elected member of Congress, Republican Michael Lawler of New York, says he's backing Kevin McCarthy. I'm fully in support of Kevin McCarthy uh, as speaker. I think he's done a great job as a Republican leader, uh, and uh, I believe he has earned uh, the support. And so uh, I'm looking forward to uh, voting for him tomorrow in our leadership elections. Josh Krauschauer, senior political correspondent at Axios, joined the Salem Radio Network and says Minority Leader McCarthy may be in a little bit of trouble. Well, look, I think McCarthy's in a little more trouble. Uh, just because of the narrow margin he's going to have when all is said and done. There, there is this block of kind of uh, Trump-aligned or MAGA-aligned senators that, you know, fairly small representation within the caucus. I, I was sort of surprised to see Senator Rubio kind of join with them. Senator Graham did as well over the weekend. But you know, I, I have a hard time seeing McConnell not being reelected as a minority leader. Um, but look, there, there's a lot of finger-pointing going on. There's a lot of, lot of blame-casting going on. Now, in the Senate side, there was a clash publicly throughout much of the campaign between McConnell and Rick Scott. I mean, Scott and McConnell's view was, was in hindsight, the the prescient one. He he said there was an issue with candidate quality. He thought Scott should be more involved in helping recruit and promote candidates like a Doug Ducey in Arizona or get Sununu in the race and do a more effective job clearing the field for them, helping them and endorsing them. Kroshauer examines why some Republicans are hungry for new leadership. Look, Kevin McCarthy got involved in primaries. His super PAC spent money for Juan Siscomani, but by, by over a million dollars, I believe, in, in yep. that race. That helped him. So that matters. That stuff matters. The blocking and tackling matters. And Scott's now trying to say, hey, you know, McConnell's, you know, he's trying to blame McConnell for not putting out a, a you know, a, a policy agenda or something like, like, like McCarthy did with, with the, you know, contract or commitment with America. But, you know, look, I think I think it starts with candidates. You look at that Senate lineup and it was candidate quality that really dragged the Republican Party down. On Monday, current Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer scheduled a Wednesday vote on a bill that would codify the right to same-sex and interracial marriage after a group of senators announced a compromise on language with the legislation. We're just getting word from your Hill colleagues that Senator Chuck Schumer says the Senate is going to move on a bill that would codify same-sex marriage. In other words, it would protect under federal law same-sex marriage. This was something that came up after the Supreme Court overturned Roe versus Wade and Democrats felt concerned about, hey, what right could be next that the court could potentially take away? Is the expectation as of now that when that is brought to the floor for a vote this week, that'll pass? That is the expectation. Schumer would not be putting this up if he didn't believe it had the 60 votes necessary to pass. That means at least 10 Republican senators. That has been elusive, Hallie. This bill has passed the House of Representatives, but it has not passed the Senate. They kicked it into the lame duck session because the the chief authors of the bill, uh, Tammy Baldwin, the Democrat, and Susan Collins, the Republican, were struggling to placate some concerns that right-wing members of the the Republican caucus were making about uh, religious freedom being trampled. Mike Lee had talked about uh, polygamy uh, and his concerns 
involving that if this bill is passed. They insist that that's not an actual, actually an issue here. Neither of those two are. But they, they believe they've come up with yeah. clarifying language to the bill that will placate those concerns and that will ultimately get those 60 votes to codify same-sex marriage against any possible threat of the Supreme Court revisiting that ruling. On the Democrat side, Senator Tammy Baldwin of Wisconsin leading the effort, and she told reporters the bill may have these 60 votes needed to break past a filibuster. The announcement comes as other senators like Republican Rob Portman of Ohio, Susan Collins of Maine, and Tom Tillis of North Carolina said they had reached a deal on common sense changes to language of the bill that would protect religious freedom. According to reports, the new language fully respects and protects Americans' religious liberties and diverse beliefs, while leaving intact the core mission of the legislation to protect marriage equality. Still, only a handful of Republicans have come out publicly in support of the bill. Ten are needed to break the filibuster. President Biden's student loan debt forgiveness plan hits another legal roadblock. Daybreak Insider White House correspondent Greg Clugston has more from Washington. A federal appeals court panel upheld a Texas judge's decision to block the president's student loan debt program. Last week, the judge said the plan bypassed Congress to make laws, and the three-judge panel from the Eighth Circuit Court of Appeals agreed to halt the program while an appeal plays out. The Biden administration wants to offer up to $20,000 in debt relief for millions of borrowers. Greg Clugston, Washington. Another challenge to a federal ban on bump stocks goes down as the Supreme Court rejected a case brought by a group of firearms dealers and individuals in Minnesota, Texas, and Kentucky. Langley Outdoors Academy, a verified channel on YouTube, reacted to the decision saying it's bad news for gun owners when the government can interpret a law from one administration to the other. The Trump administration's ban on bump stocks was an about-face for the Federal Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives. In 2010, under the Obama administration, the agency found that bump stocks should not be classified as machine guns and therefore should not be banned under federal law. That's the part that is the biggest issue for me, and I'm sure some of you out there as well. Again, let me know in the comments. If the ATF can go from one stance under the Obama administration saying it's not a machine gun, and then briefly under a different administration, the Trump administration, say, oh, you know what, never mind, it is a machine gun. And also, all those people who bought things based off of our recommendations saying it was perfectly legal under our laws that are already questionable, yeah, you can't have your money back either. When you get into this realm of just interpretation, you're starting to go West Virginia versus EPA, and I don't like where that goes. The ATF reversed a previous conclusion and classified bump stocks as machine guns under a 1934 U.S. law called the National Firearms Act. Policy took effect in 2019. According to reports, Amazon plans to lay off 10,000 corporate and technology employees as soon as this week. Experts believe that the layoffs will impact retail division and human resources. People familiar with the matter spoke on the record with the New York Times. The move would mark the largest job cut in Amazon history, representing 
3% of its corporate employees and 1% of its global workforce, according to the outlet. Andy Challenger, Senior Vice President of Chicago-based Challenger Gray and Christmas, an executive coaching firm, says that the cooling economy is starting to hit the labor market. Yeah, we are seeing a slow uptick in layoffs. We've come out of a period of the lowest level of layoffs that we've seen in the U.S. in kind of the modern era. As the economy starts to cool down, it's starting to finally hit the labor market. And we have seen now for five straight months increases in the number of layoffs companies are announcing across a couple different sectors. Challenger says that tech organizations have seen the largest increase in layoffs. Yeah, uh, over the last month, tech is the sector that we've seen the most cuts announced. And it's an area of the economy that hired at a really rapid pace the last two years. And so it's not surprising in some ways that we see tech starting to be the first area where we see job cuts as the economy slows down. It's clear that at least some tech organizations have gotten out ahead of their skis. And then we've seen other tech companies like Apple and Amazon announcing that they're pulling back on hiring. Challenger goes on to say that the economy will start to see layoffs across the board. We anticipate a slowdown in the labor market, right? We would have thought at this point with how far the economy has slowed down, the labor market would have already been hit harder. It's been really resilient. We saw a fairly strong labor report today. Companies are still adding. We didn't see the unemployment rate tick down yet. inevitably, as the economy continues to cool, it's going to hit the labor market and we'll start to see layoffs increase across. Former CEO Jeff Bezos also warned on Twitter last month that the probabilities in this economy tell you to batten down the hatches, indicating that he agreed with Goldman Sachs CEO David Solomon, who had cautioned earlier in the day that there is a good chance of a U.S. recession. Looking to book a holiday trip? Well, you better act fast and prepare for sticker shock. Daybreak Insider's Ron DeRoxfra takes a look at the price tag for your trip home for the holidays. Airline executives say based on bookings, they expect huge demand for flights over Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's. But travel experts say the best deals for airfares and hotels are already gone. Government data shows airfares in October were up 43% from a year earlier. And part of the reason for the high fares, airlines are still operating fewer flights than in 2019, even though passenger numbers are nearly back to pre-pandemic levels. Rhonda Rockster reporting. Federal officials say airlines have to refund more than $600 million to flyers. Daybreak Insider's Norman Hall has more. Frontier Airlines and four foreign carriers have agreed to refund more than $600 million combined to travelers whose trips were canceled or significantly delayed since the start of the pandemic. The Department of Transportation says it also fined the same airlines more than $7 million for delaying refunds so long that they violated consumer protection rules. The largest U.S. airlines, which accounted for the bulk of complaints about refunds, avoided fines. Consumers flooded the government with thousands of complaints about their inability to get refunds when huge numbers of flights were canceled in early 2020. I'm Norman Hall. And finally, Jay Leno is in a burn center after suffering serious burns to his face. According to reports, 
Leno was in his Burbank car garage, where he stores his antique and vintage vehicles, when one of the cars erupted into flames without warning. Jay Leno was seriously hurt yesterday um, in a car fire. Um, And this happened in the garage where he stores all of his classic cars. Um, He was apparently working on one of them when one of the cars just erupted in flames um, without any warning. And it burned the left side of his face. Seriously. Um, The good news is it didn't burn his eyes or his ear. Um, But he is in a burn ward right now um, and has canceled uh, events events. for the rest of the week. Um, And we found out that something was wrong because of an event that he didn't attend last night. He was supposed to be uh, speaking at a financial uh, conference in Las Vegas. He was taken by ambulance to the burn ward at the Grossman Burns Center, where he remains. We here at the Daybreak Insider wish Jay Leno a speedy recovery. Subscribe to the Daybreak Insider podcast at Apple or Google Podcast, Spotify, or SalemPodcastNetwork.com. Get our companion Daybreak Insider newsletter each morning at DaybreakInsider.com. Ongoing coverage of breaking news and commentary at SRNNews.com and TownHall.com. Thanks for starting your day with us. I'm Mike Scott. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.